Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. There's a lot said about hatred in our society today. Well, here's a story about real racism and real hatred. Javon Hubbard is white. She was born and raised in North Carolina. At five years of age, her best friend was a little black girl named Yanni. They were inseparable until Javon's father found out about Yanni and saw the two little girls playing together. So then he got engaged, got involved, and what Javon was to find out was her father was a grand dragon of the Ku Klux Klan in North Carolina, and he forbade his daughter from seeing her friend any longer. Her life changed dramatically, and uh, she's written a book about her life and her experience. The book is White Sheets to Brown Babies. Javon Hubbard joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Javon, thank you very much for taking the time. Thank you, Mr. Green, for having me. I'm glad to be speaking with you. You know, you were five years of age. Your best friend is Yanni. She's black, you're white. It didn't matter because you're kids, and so you're friends. And your dad steps in. And were you aware at all? Did you have any inkling of your father's affiliation with the clan at five years of age. I mean, what do you know about your dad? Usually dads are your heroes, but did you have any right. any sense about your dad at that time? Things changed with my dad uh, between the age of four and five. Um, I, he was a completely different person. He became an alcoholic, for one thing, and so the first sign that I had of the KKK would have been that day that he picked me up from school after seeing me and Yanni on the playground that I write about in White Sheets to Brown Babies, mm-hmm. um, where he got so angry at having seen me out on the playground with Yanni, he pounded his fist on the steering wheel, he had an open beer between his legs, and he said, if I ever see you wallowing or playing with, uh, you know, he used the N-word, uh, little N-word again, do you want me to burn a cross in her yard, Javon? You like that? And that's that brought up terror for me, because the only thing that I had seen prior to that was that crosses burning symbolically, and I didn't know what it meant at five years old. Not when my dad's friends came in and took initiation in the living room, and all these grown people are in these robes that look like bed sheets. <laughs> it was just very scary. So you knew something was going on, but at five years of age... You're you a, don't understand. Now yeah. you're a child, and you have a friend, and now your father is essentially issuing threats about your relationship with another little girl at five years of age. I don't know how you deal with that. I don't know how you deal with the fact that your dad is doing and saying this. I just started crying, and and I didn't understand why he was so angry. Mm -hmm. I I, I didn't understand where all the anger and hatred was coming from all of a sudden for a little girl that, you know, I mean, it just, none of it made sense to me. So you were subjected, you're right, you were subjected to racist indoctrination. You saw cross burnings, you saw clan initiations, you just mentioned that. You saw daily acts of physical violence. So what ages would you have been as this was going on, and what what did the experience do to you personally? I would have been, it would have been age five, six, seven, eight, nine, Um, the most sensitive developmental years in a child's life. Um, I was brought up in this violence mm-hmm. and hatred, criminality, in those most tender years. What it did to me 
was lead me through a very traumatic journey in life where I was so traumatized by some of the things I lived through that still to this day my physical health is impacted by, you know, the things that I saw, the things that I lived through. And uh, I have post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, due to having lived so long and so chronically in a situation that stressful and violent for so many years. This went on every day. It got to where it was every day. It began as weekend drunken parties and excuses to, you know, just get in the car and go right around and do vile things. And at six years old, he had me laying down in the floorboard of the car in the back seat, um, asking, and with my mom in the passenger seat holding the steering wheel while he put a gun out a window and started just shooting someone's car full of bullet holes. I mean, I raised up out of the floorboard and I saw this because you don't hear that many gunshots and, you know, you don't get curious. So I, I saw some pretty vile things that a child shouldn't have to witness. No, uh, clearly not. Uh, they turned you too, didn't it? You became a, a violent person. You became, you became a thief. Um, you were guilty right. of violence at school. So yep. it, it, tell us about you, what it did to you, how, what you became. Well, I was angry. Mm-hmm. But not, unfortunately for my father, it wasn't, it, that all that anger and all that rage, it turned in on the situation. I was angry at, at life for how hard it had been, for how chaotic it was, for how, you know, I had experienced more dysfunction even as I grew older. Um, I went through sexual abuse as a teenager. And after that, I just got so angry that I lashed out. And it seemed like that anger was how I protected myself. And I I lashed out against other people because I guess I had been hurt. And I didn't have the tools or the coping mechanisms. You know, my environment, just a product of my environment. And you go through that until you come to a point in life where you you have to be self-aware enough to understand that you can be perpetuating these cycles, you know. And mine was when I I went to prison because I was so full of hate and rage that... uh, I did things myself that ended me up in prison, and that was a big turning point for where do you see the rest of your life going. (laughs) Well, it's something that you had to do for yourself. Certainly, you weren't going to get a whole lot of help um, from your immediate surroundings as far as as that was concerned. Uh, I I don't know what it would be like to live in that kind of environment, in an environment where you're actually uh, taught to hate. And uh, and there's there's a lot said about racism. There's a lot said about hatred in our society today. Some of it is deserved. Some of it, I think, not so much. But in your case, in your situation, clearly, you're being trained to become a a, a lifetime hater. And And it clearly affected you in a very dramatic manner. Very dramatic. I'm talking to Javon Hubbard. And I have to say, I heard about Javon some time ago. And then I found out just last week that I had an opportunity to speak with her. Her book is uh, White Sheets to Brown Babies. And I wanted to speak with her because it has to do with the issue of hatred and race. And there's so much said in our society today about hatred and race. Some of it, I feel, is done for political reasons. Some of it is of real substance. And this is a real substance story about someone who lived in the middle of that environment Uh, Javon's 
father was a serious player in the Ku Klux Klan in North Carolina. Javon, when did it start to occur to you that you needed to change things in your life, that you weren't going to be accepting this messaging any longer, that you weren't going to be part of the cycle of of racial violence? When did it first occur to you to that this is not you? Well, it was never really me. It was having to be complicit to a very angry and violent father. <laughs> you either do, as he says, or it would just be more of the same. Mm-hmm. But when my parents divorced, I was 10, and there was the pressure taken off of having to have his daily presence there. But as I got into my teens and got into troubles of my own, I would say it took me uh, to the age of 20 for me to actually turn around completely in my mind and go, this can't go on. This being just the way life had been for me ever since being a small child. And, you know, we all go through things, but when you become an adult, you have to make changes in your life and, and take control of your own life. You can't keep blaming the things you've been through. And, uh, and I always had an innate sense of a higher power, and that helped me personally. I know everybody doesn't, you know, believe in God, but that definitely was something that helped me. So now today you're the mother of two special needs children. I am. One biracial whom you adopted as a baby. You're a writer. Uh, this must have seen, or would have seemed impossible to you when you were a teen. Oh, absolutely. It was just a dream that there could be something more, something better. <laughs> I always dreamed of it, mm-hmm. and, and, and I hoped that it was out there. And it was amazing to finally get to a point in your own life where you're the one making the changes. And yes, the title of my book, the reason for that, uh, The White Sheets to Brown Babies, is that I did adopt a little boy almost 14 years ago. (laughs) Uh, He came home from the hospital at three days old with us. We were his foster parents first and then adopted him. So I've raised him for 14 years and he's a beautiful child. And I felt like given what I'd been through that it prepared me to know what it's like to not be have what you need as a child I felt like I needed to give back because all I had to go on for parenting was don't do anything like my parents had done <laughs> and that was it oh, that's very sad that's very yeah. sad when, when when that has to be a realization at some point in your life that I can't do what my parents did that's very sad how's it affected your relationship with your family your changes well actually part of making those important changes uh, I had to make changes that pretty much um, ended some relationships, and now my father has passed away. He's not here anymore. But I still don't have a relationship with my mother. I mean, so when there are toxic people, people in your life that are creating chaos and pain, even if they're your family, sometimes you just have to disconnect. And sad as that may seem, it, it's sometimes vital for your health and well-being and the continuation of your life in a more positive and productive way. So when you see a society today, and you look around you, do you see a society that has become more racially intolerant? Do you see a society, I'm talking about the big picture now, more racially intolerant, more uh, exclusionary, more um, 
uh, I, don't, I don't want to use the word hating in in this sent or in this in this sentence. This is society that's more intolerant. Or do you think people are taking advantage of the fact that you can bring up race hatred in order to make a point that you want to make subjectively and to your own benefit? Do you think it's actually? Do you think hatred is is society wide? more than it was before, or are things actually better now? Unfortunately, it's, it's been, especially in the last couple to three years, a resurgence of these types of hate groups. And, uh, you know, our president's rhetoric definitely doesn't, uh, it doesn't help. It amps these types of people up. It emboldens them and incites violence and hate talk. And uh, it's scary times we're living in that, that people think it's okay to behave that way because it's not and i think we're seeing some dark times right now people have you know used to these were opinions that were held to themselves but with the advent of the internet and, and everybody has an opinion i mean you can just spew hatred all over the place unchecked what's the reaction important. what's the reaction been to your book actually so far so good very positive uh, I've had a lot of support from the people around me and uh, people that have read my book. I've, you know, the reviews have been awesome. Mm-hmm. I've seen um, that. You know, I know that uh, I'm sure there'll eventually be haters, but, you know, can't be everybody's cup of tea. Well, it is a remarkable story, and it's a, res- a story about one person and what, uh, what this exposure did to you and how you strongly and individually came out of the other end um, the person you are today. I think it's a remarkable, remarkable story. And just, uh, I'm proud of, I don't know you, but I'm proud of what you've done with your life. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you so much for spending the time with us. I appreciate the opportunity. All the best. Uh, White Sheets to Brown Babies, Javon Hubbard. I had heard about her. I'm trying to remember the context. Anyway, I had heard about her, and then I saw the uh, opportunity to speak uh, with Ms. Hubbard. So I thought I'd... uh, I do that. It really is um, an incredible journey. Just think of the fact. Just think of the fact that you know you're five years of age. Your hero is supposed to be your dad. Certainly was in my case. And then what happened to her happened to her. So you can't discount that. And personal stories are often the best stories to hear. If you want to hear more, subscribe to the Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.